Medic! Hey guys, Chris, Medic Up Podcast here. Brand new episode. Short, short, short intro today. First of all, happy birthday to us. If you guys don't know, Medic Up is going to be three years old this month. So if you've been listening from the beginning, you're a diehard fan, all, you know, all six of you, then you guys know the Medic Up Podcast started with a series of that I loosely termed the student project. That was when I interviewed a series of uh, my prior graduates from their respective cohorts. And those interviews spanned, you know, the brand new medic, uh, you know, six months out, finishing up their uh, probationary time, all the way up to a five-year paramedic who graduated from my very first cohort when I started teaching as a full-time faculty member at a two-year college. So this episode follows along those same lines. I have uh, Elena, who is a recent graduate in 2018. She's going to sit down and talk to us about uh, her first year as a paramedic. Uh, she was awarded the uh, the Outstanding Student of the Class Award, and she was also recognized for going above and beyond for her part in an off-duty tourniquet save. So the format of this episode, it really does follow kind of the student project series. So if you're a new EMT, you're thinking about going to medic school, you just started EMT school, you're in your first semester, your first day of paramedic school, and you, or you've even been in EMS for a little while, uh, go ahead and listen to her, you know, listen to the excitement in her voice and the motivation. And she's, uh, she tells you about her first year as a paramedic, what I term the survival year. And you guys tell me, I dare you tell me that you, it doesn't get you excited, kind of recharge, renewed sense of, I don't know, duty, passion, so on and so forth. So, uh, here she is, Elena, 2018 paramedic graduate on the Medica podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And, uh, I appreciate the last three years and, Let's keep going forward. All right. So today, Medica Podcast, I've got Elena. I'm not going to say her last name. Um, and, you know, if you guys have been avid listeners of the podcast, you know that, you know, first of all, uh, we're celebrating a birthday. This is this is year number three for us, even though I kind of took a full year off in there somewhere. And uh, while we're talking about years off, uh, you know, I guess it's time to explain uh, a question I've been getting pretty frequently. Uh, or at least definitely the last month or so, uh, where's the podcast been? All right, well, here's my official answer. I, I couldn't think of anything funny. I'll just tell you the truth. Uh, the summers are super busy for me. Uh, I still, you know, I'm a program director here at the college. I teach, we teach pharmacology and cardiology uh, during, this, during the summer semester. It's a 10-week semester instead of a 15-week semester. So, you know, just like everybody else, life gets in the way. Um, that's my full-time job. This is the keep me sane hobby. And so we're back. So I guess now we're going to become episodic or seasonal. I don't know. I don't want to do that. Um, so you just take the just take the explanation and uh, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. But we're back. I've got a bunch of cool people lined up. Elaine is going to get in on that as the first guest of well, I don't know what it's going to be like season three or something. Um, she's a you know if you guys know from back in the day the very first recordings it started with what i called the student project uh and it was where i was interviewing uh my previous graduates and they all kind of had something in common and that was that they were the out student or outstanding student of the class um and then i would talk to them at certain points during their up to their first year or you know we had a five-year medic and we had a six-month medic and you know elena just passed almost about a year and a couple months as her first year in the field, that survival year. And uh, I talked her into coming back uh, to see her shiny last name on our shiny plaque that we put up in the department. And uh, a couple other things about it. She works here uh, in South Carolina in the upstate at a pretty big, high-performing service. And uh, another thing about her, and again, I'll let her say more, but she's also the recipient. So she's obviously the recipient of the uh, Edwin R. Sorrell's Outstanding Student of the Class Award. Um, and that is a, that's an award in our program that gets voted on um, sometimes by the students, other times by the instructors. It just depends on the year and what happens with the cohort. Um, and she was also recognized additionally uh, as having uh, some outstanding performance above and beyond and that was for a tourniquet save uh, while she was off duty. Um, and there was a pretty cool story with that about a motorcycle wreck. And Elena jumped into action. And they stopped this guy from bleeding to death. And again, that was, you know, that was confirmed by some uh, some trauma surgeons at the hospital as well. So, you know, she's the she's the she's the rock star paramedic after a year, a year in the field. And uh, we're lucky we got her here today and she's going to tell some stories and we're going to ask her some questions and, you know, it's going to be 
one of those episodes, right? Right. So thanks for coming out. Of course, thanks for having me. No problem at all. So let's just start it right off. How how did you get here? Like not here to the studio, but how did you get into EMS? What got you here? You know, we always talk about, or I always talk about, there's two types of people that got lost on their way to med school or they couldn't get into nursing school or maybe there's a third person. They saw a horrible car wreck when they were little. They were sad they couldn't help and now they're giving back to the community. Where do you fall into that? Um, so I got into EMS on accident. Um, I was the one that got lost on the way to med school. Um, <laughs> I was doing my uh, bachelor's degree um, in biology in hopes of going to medical school. And um, I realized that it was a terrible idea because I had no experience in medicine or with any type of patients. I didn't really have any sick people in my family, which is good. Um, so I didn't really know a lot about it, but I knew that I liked, I was interested in medicine. Um, so I stopped, I paused my bachelor's degree about halfway through and I went to the EMT program. And on my first EMT ride time, um, I had an experience now, now knowing, now looking back, um, I don't think anybody really has such a great first day on the truck, but we had traumas and really sick um, medical patients and cardiac patients. And I just, I was going crazy about it. And I knew I had to go to paramedic school. So then I went to paramedic school. <laughs> Well, what, like, what was the, what do you mean you were going crazy about? Like, what was it? Were you like, it was, were you just enamored at the prowess was, of the paramedics and how awesome they were saving lives in the back of the box or the, um, the tempo of the call? Everybody was kind of rushing. Let's get this guy off the scene and get him to the surgeon. Or, or is there, or was it something more or even something less than that? So I got to, uh, I got to the South Greenville station and, um, I told the two paramedics that I was riding with that, um, I had never stepped foot on an ambulance, so they were really awesome, and they went through, you know, the red bag, and they were showing me. That um, was after they rolled their eyes. Yeah, after you they didn't, rolled you their you eyes. You didn't see that happen, but I guarantee they rolled I, their eyes. I know that they had to. All right. Yeah. Um, but they were going through the red bag and um, just showing me a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they were like, have you ever seen a drill, like an IO drill? And I was like, no, what's that? And he's like, don't worry about it. We never use it. <sighs> and then, um, you know, same thing with, like, all the medicines, and they were checking off the truck, and I was asking, you know, what medicines were, and um, and he was like, well, this one's adenosine and we don't really ever use it, but it's super cool. So of course we used it twice that day. And like, you know, we made one or two trips to the trauma bay and it was, it was a really, really crazy day. And it was, it was awesome. But you're an EMT and you're just like, oh, that's magic. I don't even, yeah. I don't even know. You oh, gave I a thought... drug and the guy got better or we put the lights and sirens on and we went to the trauma center and the guy got better. Everything about it was exciting. These people were cool because they saved lives and they didn't even... It didn't even phase them when they were doing it. They just, they were cool. Made it look easy, right? Yeah. Awesome. They were super smart in my eyes. <laughs> and then we got you. Yeah. Okay. How, how? Like, it was just that, that was it. The first ride time, you're like, I'm going to medic school. Uh, no, I went, I finished EMT school and all of my friends from EMT school were going. And I was like, you know what? This is a really great opportunity because, um, you know, I could be done school in another year and a half and I could be getting paid pretty well and doing something really exciting while getting tons of experience. And that's, that's really why I did it. Cause I was like, well, I could, instead of just going and living on student loans for the next couple of years and working at a restaurant, I could be, um, working as a paramedic and actually making a difference. So that's why I did it. And that's, so you were, you were a straight through person. You're, yeah. zero, you're oh, yeah. zero to hero. Yeah. I didn't, I, I don't think I knew that. I've seen your class picture from EMT, but I didn't put it two and two together. But that's also because I didn't teach your first semester. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'll get, I'll, let's, let's do that first. So you're, you're enamored, you're hooked. Mm -hmm. We give you a little bit of the, we give you a little bit of the drug. We got you hooked. You're coming back yeah. for more. Yeah. All right. So what's the first day at paramedic school like? Um, first day in paramedic school. How many of your friends are there? <laughs> like four. <laughs> four. How many were supposed to be there? A bunch. All of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, first day in paramedic school, I don't, gosh, I haven't even, I haven't blocked even it thought out. of it. Yeah. Blocked it out. Absolutely well, paramedic blocked it out. Paramedic school as a whole, it was very difficult and it was miserable, but at the same time it was, I wouldn't change it for the world because it was, I learned so much and it was, looking back, it was a good time. It always, would, it always it. is. I would do it again. It, uh, oh, wow. A lot of people don't say that. Um, I showed up at about two weeks before the end of your pharmacology and cardiology. Um, we were lost to puppies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were. Um, 
you were beaten puppies. That is what I think. I think you were beat down, neglected a little bit. Um, the Humane Society was coming to pick you guys <laughs> up, and Sarah McLaughlin was going to sing a song. And the song was playing. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. And uh, yeah, I remember that. So, <clears throat> you know, I left my training job on a Friday and showed up at pharmacology and cardiology on a on a Monday. And I said, so where are you guys at? And you guys are like, I don't know. I said, all right. And it was like a week away from ACLS. And I was like, well, let's see what you know. And I think by the end of the first day, I said, oh, you're, you're probably only a couple weeks behind where you should be. And by the end of that first week, you were like three months behind. And the summer semester was only three months. So I, I had a lot of work to do. Um, I hope I did a good job. I, I will say, I, I remember your first day with us distinctly because you said, hey, my name's Chris. You guys are seriously behind, so we have no time to talk. Let's get right to it. And then it was from there on, it was Chris's paramedic boot camp. And it worked out. It did work out. It, worked it out. was great. It worked. I think it worked out. We needed. All right. It. So, so you guys had a you guys had a pretty decent cohort. How many people were in there? Was it it was sixteen or was it eighteen? I think it was eighteen. Um, I think yes. I think you guys did good. And we fast forward. We were together for another two two semesters, mm-hmm. and then uh, we cut you loose. Passed your registry. Cut you loose. Got your dream EMS job. High performance EMS in the upstate of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. All right. So what happened? That's the beginning of the survival year. Yeah. Now, when you were when you were at commence, when you were at graduation, we we give you the we we bestow the outstanding student of the class award. Yeah. What did you think? Um, it was it was pretty funny at the time because, and I don't know what it's like at other paramedic schools, but in our paramedic school, we our whole class went through transitions together. Like. At first, everybody was, like, encouraging each other, and it was great. And then slowly but surely, people started hating each other. And then it was, like, we were still trying to make it, but everybody broke off into their own, like, cliques. And, you know, there were certain people we knew weren't going to make it or didn't need to make it for the good of the patients. And then there was the rest of us that were like, okay, we just we just need to get out of paramedic school. Like, this has gone on way too long, and we need to... We need to get out, um, and I was I was I was surprised that I got the the above and beyond award. Um, I really just thought I was trying. Well, to the guess. above and beyond thing was different. That was the tourniquet one. The okay. Edwin the Edwin R. Sorrell, the Rick Sorrell's award is a big. That's our that's our plaque one. That's the okay. that's the that's the student of the student of the class. That's not valedictorian, highest clinical grade, highest field grade. This is like the this is it. Um, I don't really know why I got it. Um, <laughs> There, there was a. I mean, we had, we honestly have really great. Had a really, we had some great people in our paramedic school that that could have gotten that. I don't, I don't really know why I got picked. I don't even know was it the students or the faculty that that picked it. I really can't remember that year. I really, I do think it was the students that year. Okay. I think the students picked that one. Um, and we agreed, or we, you know, we would have, <laughs> we would have had a recount. You know, we would have had a recount. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and it, and it is. And again, I mean, that the, that award, uh, you know, we really do need to find, there's an old definition of it somewhere that I've never been able to find in any of our files anywhere. Um, you know, but that, you know, that was, and it, it, you had, I think I saw a social media post afterwards. You have some relation to him, right? Wasn't that? Uh, so, your, like, I, I think remember. your mother put something up. So, is my mother-in-law, I think um, she was friends with maybe his wife. Okay. I was like, wow, there's a, that, it was really cool to have that full circle connection. Remember. But the outstanding performance above and beyond, again, that was for, you know, that, we don't, that doesn't get given out every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't get given out lightly. Like uh, the last time that we gave that out was maybe 2014 or 15 mm-hmm. uh, for somebody who was working their part-time job, not on a student shift, uh, who watched somebody drop in the parking lot and started CPR and they rushed them. They were able to roast, um, and and again, that was that's the important one. And again, just to kind of preface it a little bit, um, we give out I and mean, we give a certificate. Great, put on the put on your fridge, put it on your I love me wall. But you also get one of our challenge coins that we have made for the school. You can't buy them; we have to give them to you. Um, we typically give them to our preceptors. Um, they're awarded. They're you know they're not. You can't buy them. People are like, let me buy one for ten bucks. I'm like, mm, can't do it. Sorry. So you got one of those. Uh, now, I've seen you on the street plenty of times between then and now. 
I never think to coin check people. I'm going to start doing it. Make sure you get that carried on you. I've seen people turn it into a key ring. It hurts a little bit, but it's cool that it's always with them. I so. do know one person that, that carries their coin. It's good stuff. It's good I'm stuff. I'm not one of them. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I always forget mine, too. Because I have enough stuff in my pockets, it's going to fall out when I pull my gloves out. Exactly. Right. It's going to just well, go right down the sewer. You, everybody always says, you know, you can tell who's new by how much crap that they wear on their belt. Tread lightly. Just, Tread so. lightly. I've worn a I've worn a bat belt for twenty five years, you and I'm not going. I'm not going to stop. Okay. All right. I'm not going to stop. I just refuse to look new. It's got everything. It's got everything I need. <laughs> All right. Two pairs of shears because you you don't have yours because you forgot them because you don't have. I a always belt. have mine. Yeah, they're probably in the side pants pocket thing. Yep. Patient's going to take that from you and stab you. It's going to be horrible. Mine back behind my center line. I don't. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not defending myself about bat belts. It's on every episode. I'm not defending myself. All right. All right. Whatever. So your first year of paramedic survival year. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Paramedic was a wild ride to say the very least. Uh, there were so many emotions and um, altogether it was fantastic and I would I would never trade it for the world. I got so much great experience. I learned so much about myself, um, about people in general, about medicine. It was, it, it was awesome. You are, because you're a black cloud. Yes. Of high acuity airway calls. Yeah. Yes. I might have tubed everybody in Greenville County. Okay. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think so. I heard a few of them on the radio and I, while I was working part-time shifts. And I felt I it was funny at the time, but then I felt bad. <laughs> but then I then I felt good again because um, I heard you guys on the radio one night calling for backup. I think you guys had a bad breather and it turned RSI. One needed to turn RSI, you were calling for backup, and then it turned uh, cardiac arrest. And I, I remember sending the text. I was like, just, just nasal tube them or something. Yeah. And then you guys called the arrest, and I was like, "Never mind." I, I was like, "Never." I, I just wrote, "Never mind." Dot dot dot. <laughs> too late. Yeah, too late. We got him back though. I know, which is again, you guys are rock stars, and that's awesome. Um, so what did you really like? What was what did you find? What did you like about that first year? What did you find challenging? What were, I mean, you don't, I don't need specific experiences. Like you don't have to, you know, recite calls because HIPAA and stuff. But what were what were some of those memorable things out of it? Um, so first of all, I felt extremely well prepared, which was, which was really good. It was still a challenge because of, um, the high acuity calls. I really, I got high acuity calls nearly every shift, if not multiple times a shift. And sometimes I thought to myself, if I can make it through this, I will be a good paramedic in a couple of years from now. Like I, I'll keep going. I'll be able to make it. If I can get through this shift, I can make it. Um, and so I realized that high acuity calls, um, they, takes a mental toll on you, physical toll, emotional toll. Um, and most of the time when I got off of shift, I was so exhausted. I didn't even know how I was going to get home. Um, but again, I wouldn't, I'm so glad that I was put through all those calls and I had the opportunity to take care of those patients. Um, some of the things that were challenging, um, just having to go on another call right after, right after a bad call. Um, you know, you go to that same patient that calls every single day and you just want to curse them out and just wash your hands of them, never see them again. But then after you drop them off at the hospital, you're like, well, it wasn't so bad. At least they didn't die, you know, right. <laughs> like like all of your other ones. Um, did, was, did you ever have any, like, self-doubt on those high-acuity calls? Not not like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. This guy's going to die. It's going to be my fault. Or uh, maybe more afterwards, like was that really as high acuity as I thought it was? Or am I overreacting? Or are you kind of feeding off your partner? Like your partner was like, oh my God, this guy's going to die if you don't do something right now, Elena, hurry up. No. um, So this is like, this was probably the first eight months of being a paramedic for before every single call when our tones would drop, I literally got the most unnecessary huge adrenaline rush did your stomach flip-flop yes that's, like the best, it was... that's the best feeling in the world that's awesome this happened every single call is it still happening um occasionally are you a little sad that it doesn't happen yeah you are a paramedic lifer okay 
I will talk. I will, we'll I talk later probably. about why where you're headed. But you're you are a paramedic lifer. Okay. That's how you know with that stomach flip flop thing. So this happened for every single call, and right. like literally when I pulled on scene, we marked on scene. I was like, I need to throw up before before I go talk to this patient. So then, um, before you know it, we would show up on scene, and I was like, Well, we're doing it. I'm just same thing that we same thing that you always do. You know, treat the live threats, and let's get on the road and go and um, by the end of the call, I was like, wow, it wasn't so bad. I knew what I was doing. Like, um, there were a couple times where you're, where the patient's like declining and you're like, do I do this or do I do this? Do I do this? And you're like, I just can't spend this, this much time thinking. That was, that was difficult. Um, that was difficult trying to, to talk myself out of thinking so much and just treat the patient. Non-thinking paramedic. Do you mean uh, like, well, like not over, like, like kind of yeah, overload. You're like yeah. you're like overloading, right? Like yeah. The more you think, the more you start to doubt, and the more you're like, oh, let's just just do something rather than just sit here and think about it. Right. Sometimes that's good though, right? Yeah. Sometimes you probably have you seen that? Have you been like, hey, like hurry up and don't do anything? Have you done that yet? Hurry up and don't do anything. No. Yeah, just stand there. Hurry up, just stand there. Mm. No, no. That, that's coming. Okay. You'll get you'll get there. Okay. You'll get that's the switch. Like so, there's, you know, there's. Be aggressive, be aggressive, and mm-hmm. then there's let's just wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Even on some of those higher acuity patients, you're like, well, let's just give it a couple seconds, and I bet I'll be able to make my decision one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, EMS life or flip the stomach flip flop thing. Now, now you know, uh, I feel bad because when you you started in the field, our radios weren't toning; they were just talking, mm-hmm. and now the tones are back. Yeah. And like when I was an explorer. Um, I would sit in our station and the, the tone would go off and like my stomach would do that. And, but then I would always have to follow it up. There's five ambulances. I was like, is that us? Like yeah. every call, is that us? Yeah. Is that us? Until I learned like, oh wait, that that's one three seven. I got it. Uh, well, that's cool. So now that the radio's tone, the, is it, does it do it more or just you've kind of evened um, it out a bit? I still absolutely love running calls. Like when I'm at work, all I want to do is run calls. I really honestly hate sitting there and waiting on a call. Mm-hmm. Like, just let me clear the hospital and give me another call um, because I that's what I want to do. Um, especially, I think the past really two and a half, three months, I haven't had really anything super high acuity. And so now when, when something comes out, when a call comes out and it sounds good, I mean, I let myself get excited. You know, like, you know why that excited. is, right? You know why that hasn't happened? Because I've been excited about it? Or? No. Why you haven't gotten the super high acuity stuff as much as you did before. Why? Because the other class graduated behind you, oh, yeah. and now someone else is in that position. Oh, I've definitely passed the torch. And we to, both know who another, she is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, we both know who she is. She knows, and I just keep telling her, hang in there, it's going to be okay. She curses you left and right because she knows that you held that spot before. That's yeah. pretty funny. That's yeah. good stuff. All right. Well, that's, uh, again, that's I, I love hearing I love hearing the excitement. Um, so how about the probationary time? Like how did how was that in general? Um, so like you're riding as a third person before yeah. you before and we're going backwards. Like before you have this horrible black cloud. Did you have that while you were riding third, or was it only when you were second? Um, a lot of it happened. So it started happening when I was uh, doing my third ride time. The first couple weeks, I think it was the first three weeks out of the entire four weeks of doing third ride time as a probationary employee. Um, I didn't have my state paramedic cards in, so I couldn't, like, legally practice as a paramedic. So lots of stuff happened, and I kind of had to sit back and be like, "This." Is, my FTO would have me tell her what I wanted to do, and she would kind of do the skills and everything. Um, and, I mean, we still had some really difficult calls. I mean, we had a, a 10-day-old in, in SVT, and I was thinking to myself, that was one of the times I thought to myself, if I can make it through this, I can be a paramedic. Um, but you were a paramedic. You had a card. It's not, so, I can be. It's like, you, this is it. Like, you're, yeah, you're well, here. Well, I had the degree. I couldn't, I didn't want to call myself a paramedic because I hadn't put in the work. credentialed yet. Yeah. I had, I wasn't, I wasn't going to call myself a paramedic until I'd run some calls and could call myself a paramedic and own it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, no, it started happening when I was, when I was in on third ride time and I was, literally petrified to go to second man because of all all the stuff that was happening every day and well i mean you lose a little bit of a safety net right oh huge safety net i, I mean, mean you're my, gonna lose at least one person off the truck yeah my you know. my fto was really great though i mean if i ever needed help i knew i had it it was just 
you know, I, I, let, I let my anxiety get to me, I guess. Well, what would tell me about a difference that when you were, so, I mean, if you're third, third, you're riding three to a truck, there's mm -hmm. probably somebody sitting in the back with you with yeah. a patient. So what was that first time, maybe a little, first ALS patient where you sat by yourself was just you and them and 15, 20 minute ride to the hospital and mm -hmm. the trusty life pack 15. Yeah. So um, it was pretty funny because my FTO could read my face and she knew that I was like so nervous. So she would always call back behind like through the window and be like, you okay? And <laughs> she would check on me, not the patient. But <laughs> um, now when I would ask, I would ask her questions like be like, you know, are you sure this is okay? And she's like, well, you're the paramedic, you uh, tell me. Did you, did you ever feel like that was code for I don't know either? Um, Were you ever scared? Sometimes, but at the sometimes at the same time, I knew I needed to be pushed um, to stand on my own two feet because I was never going to jump off on my own. Like I knew that I knew I needed to be pushed, so it's it's what needed to happen. And it worked out. Oh, it worked out. That's good. That's good. I had no option. <laughs> <laughs> was but it, I mean, it really wasn't sink or swim though. I mean, you had a, you had. It sounds like you had decent support and, and oh, yeah. really good training officers, and mm -hmm. you know. I can only do so much in the classroom. After that, I mean, it's really, I know what people say. Oh, we know what Chris told you to, teach, to pass the test. It's how we do it in the field. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on, I think I teach you both. Um, but whatever. Um, how about, um, have you have you worked with an EMT partner? Um, for about eight months straight now. But eight months straight, but you've only been off probation. Eight months. Oh, so. <laughs> so right into it yeah okay yeah how, how how's it going so um my i got off of probation um i think it was right at the beginning of january and um in january i was assigned to slater marietta like the very rural area um and so i remember coming into work one day and i don't really check my schedule to see who i'm with the next couple of months because i just like the surprise but um so i was clocking into work one day and an emt came walking in and he's like oh did you see your schedule and i was like nope and he was like oh well you're in slater in um in january and i was like oh god no it's <laughs> so far away um and he's like yeah i'm your partner and i was like oh no i my world was crashing down because so i was like they they literally set me up for failure because now i'm going my very first time with it with an EMT uh, working as an EMT, I am very far away from hospitals. I'm very far away from any help Probably whatsoever. Help. <laughs> yeah, in general, like I don't know if this is a good idea. Did they know that they scheduled me like this? Like, um, and and they did, and it was I had a blast because of high acuity calls, and I was far away from any help. And, and you were it, right? <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, it was it. It was like, it. So, you, have that, you have that feeling of like, yeah. well, well, I'm it. You know, like I, yeah. something, it's either going to happen or it's not. Yeah, so with with my EMT's confidence and, and my paramedic skills, um, we rocked January in Slayer. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, I kind of went through something a little bit like that uh, when, I, when I was hired here. Um, I, I'm an exception because I had, a, I had a, a fair amount of BLS experience before I went to medic school. And my probationary time was cut short uh, because the department had a need. Mm -hmm. And I was, doing, I was doing fine. But my training officer, she really didn't put a lot of effort into it because she would, we would drive around and she would introduce me as, oh, here's Chris. He doesn't need that much help because he's really good at his job. And like I was like, can you stop telling people that? Mm -hmm. I really would like to make friends in a new state <laughs> that I don't know anyone in, and they're gonna think I'm some jerk. Um, and then my first real partner was just like some rock star medic who, like, I mean, my safety. I had a safety net for almost a full year, mm -hmm. and then uh, we got split up. And I went, I went to when there was a station down the road from Slater. We were at the hospital there in Traveler's Rest, and. Uh, my partner was a medic, but he developed, uh, he had health problems and he had to retire and I got an open spot. And my open spot, we had, we didn't have too many EMTs at the time, we had EMT eyes and I was the medic by myself on these well away from yeah. help uh, for the better part of the next seven months. And I remember going, well, I guess this is how I'll test myself. Yeah. If, if I can make it through this and the sergeants are like, good job, and I don't get fired and nobody really dies with my help, uh, I guess I, I guess I'm doing okay. So mm -hmm. I absolutely understand where you're coming from. I don't know if I rocked it up there, but I I, I survived. <laughs> I survived. I was terrified, but I, sur I survived. I absolutely remember that. Um, 
So are you, how long does it take you to get comfortable being the medic? Like, was that it? Was it that when I worked with the EMT and we made it? Or are you still working on it? Or was it in yeah. school before you even left? And, no. God, no. no. I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> no, I think it was I think it was after that month where I was I kind of sat down and I was thinking to myself, like, all, all the horrible stuff that I, the horrible calls that we had run. And I was like, well, we've gotten them to the hospital and... And we've done our best. There's there's not a doubt in my mind that I could have, you know, done something different because I really did put so much energy into, and effort into making sure I was doing the best for my patient that um, that I wasn't negligent or anything like that. And after I sat down and looked back at all that stuff, I was like, well, what what worse could happen? It's going to be fine from here <laughs> on out. <laughs> well, what's everyone always say? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Well, they go into cardiac arrest. I got an ACLS card. I got a BLS yeah. card. I can work a code. Yeah. I don't really want to get it that far, but... I mean, that's really it, right? Yeah. So can you think of, can you think of something that you weren't prepared for as a new medic or that the, I, I hate, I, I don't want to preface it by saying what well, the school didn't prepare you for. There's a ton you weren't, pre I didn't prepare you for mm -hmm. um, because I can't do everything in initial education. So like, was there something that you ran into? You're like, oh, you know, I don't, uh, I never thought about this or, oh, they never told me about this. Um, it was... I'm not sure if there was, um, it was, it definitely wasn't skill wise. Um, I mean, however many times I, we got to practice, um, on mannequins or run through scenarios, um, you know, you can know what you're doing, but once you're in front of real patients who have family members that are screaming at you or freaking out and you're trying to control the situation, um, there's a whole lot more added pressure and it's not that I think the school prepares you as well as as well as you can be prepared, but at the end of the day, you're never really going to get what it's actually like until you're there running that call and everything is happening all at once. It's really hard to have all the you know have all the we can we can prepare you for the we teach you the path though that you can mm -hmm. and and learn to work within protocols and understand the medical stuff, but it's that whole you know we we've always said that it's very difficult to measure affect and you yeah. know that goes along with scene control. And, we, you know, even though we have role play, we'll have role players who are family members. And again, a lot of the times it's your classmates who, you know, you're mm -hmm. not, they could be screaming at you, but you're just like, mm, I'm going to go sit next to you and take a test in 20 minutes. So yeah. it's not that bad until you're out there. And like, you know, me personally, I, I had the, I have not from around here, from up north, mm -hmm. so it still bothers some people. <laughs> uh, and I, I, you know, I was on a call where people said, not from around here, are you? And then everybody shut down on that scene while their 90-year-old grandmother was having horrible respiratory distress. And I was like, please, I hope the incoming ambulance, um, I was working by myself on a, a QRV, please, I hope the in incoming ambulance has somebody with a southern accent on it. And, like, I got out of that scene as quick as I could because it was, it honestly was hurting patient care. Yeah. You never ran a call like that in school, ever. Yeah. You know, you know how, do you, how do you get ready for that? So I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Have you gotten any um, any EMS advice? Like, have you had ever, like, what's, I mean, I wrote the question as, what's the best piece of EMS advice you've ever received? I mean, kind of short career, yeah. but have you gotten a lot of it or some of it or? Um, so, so two things. Um, definitely, there is no routine call. Everybody says that, and it's absolutely true. And it's when you're not thinking about it and you're just going through the motions, running a call, when just something happens and you're like, wow, they told me there's no routine call. And they were absolutely right. Every one of them. <laughs> um, definitely that. And then take care of yourself and your patient and your, not your patients, yourself and your partner, because it's, it's not going to happen on its own. You have to put energy into taking care of yourself and your partners because nobody else is going to do it. Absolutely. One, yeah. 100%. I think that's a, that is a, uh, becoming quickly becoming an EMS rule or, or an adage or something like that. Um, and it's important. And I mean, the more connected we are on social media, we see enough. We see enough of the campaigns, and we see enough people. We losing people. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd rather. I'd rather not. Uh, I'd rather not. Um, how about uh, what? How about advice? To, you know, in your wealth of EMS experience, what kind of advice do you have for the first day EMT or the first day medic? Not some, maybe not on your truck, but just in general. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're getting ready to step off the curb for their first clinical ride out. Um, well, it's going to be super exciting, and if it's not exciting, then you're wrong. <laughs> um, you got to learn to laugh, laugh because uh, 
there's just way too much difficult stuff. And if you really take to heart um, all the stuff that you could have done differently or, or whatever, I mean, to a degree, within reason, I mean, as long as you're not negligent, um, you've got to learn to laugh. Laugh at how stupid some people are. Um, laugh at how the patients present and uh, laugh with your partner because that really helped me. Um, if I if I didn't make fun of myself and the mistakes that I made, it would have been miserable. This would have, really would have been a miserable year. I don't I, know if that's I, the best advice, but no, I I agree with that. Like if you can't, you know, if I couldn't make fun of myself and make fun of my mistakes, I mean, I, again, I, you know, I'd be dead by now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Or I definitely would be out of the, the career field. I would in. I mean, I know I'm not in the field 100 percent now, but. Um, I would not be attached to EMS if I couldn't yeah. overcome stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, that's good advice. I think it's good advice. We'll have to. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong and you don't need to be here. It is a fun job. I mean, yeah. it's a fun job. And then, you know, you walk into someone's house or they're deathly ill and you flip a switch and you're all business. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you can go back. There's no reason to not. Someone is just, uh, I think on social media somewhere, someone said this. Um, it was one of the EMS teaching uh, Facebook sites, I think. And it said, um, does... Does, the, does class have to be fun? Like, does teaching have to be fun? And it was both ways for the teacher and for the student. And there were a lot of people who were like, no, you're there to deliver content. You're there to make sure these people can save lives when they walk out of the room. And I was like, you know, it should be fun for both of you. Yeah. I mean, it can, it, it can be both. It, it can be fun and it can be it can be educational at the same time. And if it helps, you know, I said, know your audience. Mm-hmm. You, know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of people who just want that didactic, a through Z, tell me what I need to know to save lives. And then there's yeah. other people who need a little bit more. And, you know, as an educator, I have to get better at that. Like, I, I, I can deliver content, but now, you know, you have younger generation coming in. They want it on their cell phone. They want mm-hmm. it on mobile media. They want it on social media. Okay, fine. I can still deliver educational content that way. Uh, and then I have, you know, some of the older people who are less connected who are like, I really just need to read the book. And we got the book. Here you go. And I'll figure out a happy medium for both of you. So I get it. How about um, what do you do? So you say take care of yourselves, take care of your partner. What do you do to decompress on your days off? And don't say work overtime EMS. No, that's definitely not. Uh, that's definitely not decompression. That's that's just added stress. <laughs> um, I mean, I love working, but it's, it is difficult. Um, it takes a toll on you after you work so many shifts in a row. So um, I like to work on home improvement projects. Uh, that's when I can't get to the beach. Um, getting to the beach would be number one. If I could just get in the car and drive every day that I'm off, I would. <laughs> yeah. That's it? Yeah, I mean, it makes me sound Does boring. Does it work? Does it work? Yeah. Uh, all right, that, that's all that matters. As it makes me it, sound boring, but... It's not boring. I mean, if it's if it's part of your self-care, it's part of your self-care. I mean, that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's different for everybody. It doesn't need to be... Oh, I study all the. Uh, I uh, I sit. I I curl up with a hot chocolate and my nice warm blanket, and I read uh, pre-hospital emergency care because I want to stay up on the most recent scientific scholarly journal articles. No, no, but cut it off. No, I mean I I will say I'll add on to that. Um, spending time uh, throughout this past year. Um, well, I'll back up even further. Like in um, EMT and paramedic school, they talk about burnout a lot, um, and it's you know, they say it's very difficult because in this job, uh, more so than others, you don't really get to spend as much time with your family and, and friends and the people around you. Um, and it really, I started noticing that probably about, probably about one year into it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've missed so much. And I've had to say no to so many things because I've been at work. And um, although I absolutely love work and I love taking care of patients, um, it, it absolutely sucks when you have to miss stuff. And so uh, spending time with um, your family, and by family, I mean sometimes the, the friends and the coworkers that, that mean a lot to you, doesn't necessarily have to be family, um, and just hanging out and, and decompressing together, just talking and drinking a beer. <laughs> I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Do you have any... Um... So that's after shifts. Do you have any like pre-shift rituals? And and what I mean by that is, uh, it's gonna sound weird. It could be something as simple as is do, you, do you have that that song playlist that you you listen to to psych yourself up on the way into mm-hmm. work, or something even as menial as I don't know if you wear our blue our button down shirt with our badge on it. Do you, like the like I specifically put my badge and my name tag on in a certain order, um, and it's one of those like if I 
purposely want to run bad calls, I'll put it on in the bad in the, the, the backwards order, and I'll be like, oh, I'm definitely running an arrest tonight. Really? Does it work? Sometimes. Okay. Not. You know what? I've been in a slump for about uh, for about a year. <laughs> For about, I've been trying different combinations, and I just run sepsis all the time. Well, you know and, who you need to, you know who you need to pick up a shift with. Then. <laughs> <laughs> probably, you're probably right. <laughs> so, um, well, so for my, for probably the first eight months again, um, every time I was, I always brought my my dinner with me to work, but every time I didn't bring my dinner, um, and I would stop to get food, literally the call afterwards, we would tube somebody. And it like without fail. That's probably how I got so many tubes. But anyways, um, no. For some strange reason, I I hate I I don't zip up my boots until I'm actually on the first first call. I they don't get zipped up and I, until I'm on the first call and I'm ready to work. Um, that's really strange. I don't really know why, but but what happens? Like, or um, is it just a thing? If I zip up my boots when I get to work, I I won't run any calls and it'll be a boring, boring, boring night. Um. And it's probably just a thing. But when I get to work, um, I like to go and talk to everybody that's on my time slot, the people that are coming off of work um, and going home. I like to talk to them. And um, I just wanted to How oh. early are you getting there? Oh, I get there. I get there probably about 45 minutes early. It's okay. Because. So you can do that. Uh, yeah, so I can do that. I like to be relaxed before. Um, I need to check off my truck. And I always, always, always check the feeds bag, which I know you disagree with. <laughs> I don't disagree. I I didn't say I disagree. I just you have to I check just, the feeds bag. I just don't do it. Like I don't do it, and I say that I don't do it because if I check it, I will get a peds call. Yeah. I know I'm going to get a peds call whether I check it or not, and I should check it. And I don't know why I don't check it. I, I'm, I'm a bad paramedic. That's dangerous ba- ground. I I am a bad person. Okay. I mean, I just I am. I'm a bad person. It's yeah. going to be fine, though. If I At first, I didn't check my peds bag, and when I started checking them, I had bad peds call after bad peds call. And then once I started checking it, I knew where my stuff was. I was like, okay, well, now I feel more comfortable running the bad <laughs> calls because I know they're going to happen anyway. I just, look, if you would just put the peds uh, laryngoscope blades back in the giant airway roll, I wouldn't need a peds bag. Yeah, okay? I agree. I can make peds drugs. The peds drugs are in the adult bag. They're weight based. It's not a big deal. We have a thousand syringes and a thousand needles. I'll do what I need to do. Move the brosilla tape. Move the peds laryngoscope blades. I'm good to go. All right. So whatever. I'm, I am. I'm a bad person. Self-admitted. You guys can leave comments on the website and tell me how bad of a person I am. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't really, the, besides the, the collar brass type stuff where I put my badge on, I mean, that's really, I don't do the shoe thing. It doesn't bother me. I did with trip. I have never yeah. shined my boots, though. That's oh, terrible. God, yeah. You got you to shine Makes me them. sound sloppy, but I've, I've never shined them. There, I asked about a year ago, I think, on social media, and people gave me all these weird EMS superstitions about moving the pillow in a certain way and all sorts of stuff, man. Um, it, it, listen, I think everybody has it. Um, you know, like I, I have certain songs that I'll listen to on the way up the highway. Um, you, you know, it's not, it, and I always thought like, maybe that has something to do with the calls. But like the last year, it's like, yeah, same music. I haven't run anything like super cool. I don't run traumas. So, I mean, I don't get to run for all the trauma courses that we teach. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to run anything That's super, boring. yeah, super special. But, you know, cover the blood, go to the surgeon. So, so now to kind of step back, but to move forward. Um, you said about like, oh, I wanted to see where I was going to go with this. And I said EMS lifer. And we both, mm-hmm. we've talked recently, and you know, probably not EMS lifer, right? Yeah. Where are you, where, what's your, what's your dream? What do you have? I'll, I'll combine the three questions. Dream EMS job. Do you have it? If so, what is it? Or what's your goals in the next one to five years? Um, that's difficult because I, I, I love this job. And if I, could just run calls and do this every day and be happy I would. Um, but I find myself um, on calls or sitting there after calls try, just trying to think through what I could have done differently. And um, I feel like I like I was well prepared from paramedic school, but I want I need more information. Like I, I just I want to go and learn what, what happens next, what, what they do at the hospital, what, what more we could do in the field that we just don't know yet because we don't have the training. Um, so I'm interested in going to medical school. I would like to make that happen. Um, if there was some way I could combine being 
um, a doctor and still be a paramedic at the same time, like out on the streets running calls, I would I would love to do that. There's a lot of people currently who don't think that's the best idea in the world. Not for you, just having no. docs show up on calls. Well, I, me, I, mean, I think oh, it's kind of cool. I think it's. I think it's if cute. a doctor shows up on my call, usually it's like a podiatrist and he's trying to tell me to, you know, give nitro to a patient right. who has a blood pressure of 40 and right. I think it's a bad idea. But <laughs> get, get back in your car, sir. I'll yeah. let you know if acne breaks out. Uh, you'd be the first person I call. Yeah, uh, I, I I get it. No, I'm talking about the EM guys. I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's other places that do that around the country. I think it'd be pretty cool to have some on-scene medical direction versus online medical direction. I'd want to do it for fun, maybe. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll be a part-time paramedic after I'm a doctor. <laughs> Would you just be an EM doc? You just go mm. the em- only if they're allowed to have as much fun as we have. On, you can on create, but you can create that. That's the thing. I mean, I've been telling you guys coming out of school, you're going to have to solve the problems. Like you guys are the future of solving the problems in EMS. You guys are going to yeah. be at the forefront of it. I'll be retired. I'll be retired, ret- retired, retired. By the time you guys solve those problems and get them, get the new stuff implemented, um, I'll just put the idea in your head because it's going to take a little while. But you guys need to be creative. And you can absolutely learn medical education without being a doc right now. You can. There is so much open access medical education out there. You just instead of watching some cat videos on the internet, you can just go, you can go you can go read. You can watch videos. There's tons of stuff out there. You know, there's tons of other podcasts, tons of other social media that that I mean that that information you just got to pick it out of the air. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and it, yeah, yeah, it would be great to have that nice MD certificate you know, to back that up and go be able to practice it. But you can absolutely get that knowledge. It becomes frustrated when you're like, yeah, I want to do a finger thoracostomy on this guy, but our protocols don't See. really allow for that. And I'm not credentialed to do that quite yeah. yet. So I understand the frustration, but that's, it's good. And I want to see, I want you to go further. You said you were here the, you were here last week for uh, one of our, one of our continuing education courses, the EPC course. And you know, you said, what did, what did you say? You said, um, I know I know how you are about I know how you are about continuing education or something like but you don't you don't you said it where it was made me sound like a bad guy whereas like I was I didn't want people to further their education I said it's absolutely not true I want you to go as far as you can with it do, if this is a stepping stone it get that gets you there absolutely I want you to do well I feel I feel somewhat disrespectful using this as a stepping stone because it really is such a great profession. There are people that that do this as a career and I and as a long term career and I look up to them and admire them so much. Um, no, but I feel like you were disappointed because you say I'm an EMS for lifer. I, I do, um, but but I say that because when we have interactions, whether it's if I see you in, on the street as a uh, when I pick up a part-time shift or whether it's at our continuing education or if it's when you're here for a program or whatever or I just bump into or social media whatever um, you're always you're always excited about EMS you're always talking about positive experiences something you learned from a call high acuity low acuity it's it's refreshing to hear somebody immerse themselves in it and not let it get the better of them. Like you said earlier, like I'm pretty salty about something. Like, I, you know, you can say that, but then again, job dissatisfaction, but it's odd. You haven't quit. You come back for more because you, A, want to make you want to make it better. And I, I'll, put, I'll put words in your mouth. I think you're like a lot of us. You want to be part of something bigger, right? And then yeah. that's why I always ask that question. Did EMS find you or did you find EMS? And EMS found you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. You roll with the punches, you know, um, you know, you've always, and when you tell me stories, you've told me about interactions in the field, you smile ear to ear. Uh, and again, for me, that's what makes me continue to come back to the classroom and go, this isn't that bad. Or, oh, let's get these guys out here so they can, so Elena can go teach them something. Because let's face it, this class coming out, you're probably going to be one of their training officers. So, you know, you've got, uh, you've got six months to figure it out and you're going to train people. <laughs> So, so what else? What else? You got anything you want to say to close it up or promote or final thoughts or? I definitely I think um, more younger people need to go into the field. I wish that, um, and you know, maybe this is something I could do, but just haven't haven't done it yet. But um, I wish that more high school students knew about um, EMT and, and paramedicine um, as a career option. Um, and not just as a stepping stone, like so many of us horrible people are using it for. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it really is. It's a great option because, again, you learn so much about yourself. Um, you learn life-saving skills and 
it sounds like we save lives all the time or all day long. That's all we do um, when you do a lot more than that. But, um, you know, you use skills that you can carry with you forever and that'll make a difference if you ever actually need them. Um, and then not only that, but you can, you can set yourself up well for, for life. I mean, you don't have to go right into a four-year school not knowing what you're doing or what you want to do. This is an unbelievable job getting paid really well to have fun and make a difference. I agree with you 100% or I wouldn't be here still. So, I mean, This is the best job in the world. Really that is. is the best job in the world. That makes me feel good to hear that. Again, I'm just always the one cheerleading saying that. It is the I best know, job in the world. Do you, I mean, I wonder if IT people say that and they come in they're like, well, going to build another network today. Best job in the world. No, they don't. I mean, it is. This is like comic relief, the best comic relief you could ever want. Um, and then plus hard work and critical thinking um, and constant camaraderie with with your coworkers. I mean, all wrapped up together. That's awesome. I agree. I agree. I do love the work. I hate people sometimes, but I do love the work. I they love make, gathering. People make me laugh. It makes me feel better about myself sometimes. So. <laughs> No, again, it does. It does. It sounds very cliched, you know. Part of something bigger than yourself. I do. I do love helping people. Uh, you know, again, words, adjectives used to describe old Chris is, you know, abrasive, uh, escalates arguments when he should be de-escalating. I'm sure that personnel file still says that. I do love. I do love to help people, though. I mean, I love. I love trying to figure out the medical detective work. Yeah. Um, I like being outside. I would lie. I would be lying if I said I didn't like the lights and sirens end of it. Maybe not the fire truck lights and sirens, but mm -hmm. definitely our lights and sirens. And, and just, again, you know, you're there. You're saving. If people get into this and say they're just, you know, they're here for whatever to give back and they don't think they want to be the hero, they're lying. They're lying. There's absolutely a part of you that wants to be the hero. You know, I always say that I never got into this to be on the 6 o'clock news. I definitely just got into it to help people and the respect of my peers. When somebody comes to you and says, Chris, you're the peds guru. Tell me about this. I'm so mm -hmm. I'm so afraid to ask somebody else. You know, all, how much time you got? What do you want to talk about? I'll yeah. tell you everything I know, So, which isn't much. I have to use the Internet. So, Well, awesome. What else? Anything else before I wrap it up? Um, I, I can't think of anything right now. All right. Well, I do appreciate you coming in to sit down, and uh, I can't wait to see what else is going to happen to you in, uh, in year two. Thank you. I'm excited. Me too. All right. Thanks. Be safe out there, and uh, we'll have you back. Thanks. Keep doing a fantastic job training people. I will it's working. I will try. I will try.